Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. So glad that we could get to be with you this evening on Facebook Live. Trying to get my hearing aids lined up where I can hear, where I can see. Hallelujah. But we're so glad that you decided to join in with us. Gather with us on Facebook Lives. We can share a little bit of the word tonight. Coming to you from my home in Louisville, Kentucky. And for those of you that don't know me, Brother Daryl Mercer, one of the associate ministers at Faith Fellowship Church in Louisville, we're so glad that you've decided to join us. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful for the opportunity you've given us, Lord. God, just to share your word tonight, Lord, we thank you, God, that you are moving and working in our lives, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, that your love, Lord God, conquers all things in our lives, Lord God. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you just help us, Lord God, that we would speak words of truth, Lord, words of life, Lord. God, that we might encourage someone tonight, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you're the God that pulls down strongholds, Lord. God, and you desire to be a stronghold in our life, Lord God. We just honor you, Lord. I ask you, Father, that you'd let us share, Lord God, what you have for us tonight, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for moving. Ask you, God, that you touch lives, Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you've got your Bibles with you tonight, we're gonna go to several scriptures this evening, but I, I wanted to talk to you this evening on the subject of strongholds. We'll start off in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 12. It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So tonight, as I come through you through this Facebook Live, I want to talk to you about how that we can pull down the strongholds that Satan has built in our lives. Uh, and and I, I wish to talk about the kind of stronghold that we can build in our life that won't allow Satan to gain any kind of foothold on us. You know, it's time for us to cast off the works of darkness, to walk in that armor of light, not to give place to the devil. You know, too many of us have um, allowed the devil to have a foothold in us. We'd allow them to have a, a place. We've allowed them to have free reign to be able to harass us, to oppress us, and to bring us into bondages that God desires us to walk free from. God should be our rock. God should be our stronghold. But the problem is too many of us have allowed God, uh, excuse me, have allowed the enemy to control the strongholds in our life. In 2 Samuel chapter 22 verses 1 and 2, you know, David was... David spoke to the Lord the words of a song. 
uh, on the day that when the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said this, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. God wants to make a difference in your life today. Francis Frangipane writes in one of his books, What men call salvation is simply the first stage of God's plan for our life. And that is to conform us in character and power to the image of Jesus Christ. If we fail to see our relationship to God as such, we will allow too many areas within us to remain unchanged. Pulling down strongholds is the demolition and removal of the old ways of thinking so the actual presence of Jesus Christ can be manifested through us. So what are strongholds? You know, in, in the Old Testament, a stronghold was a fortified dwelling uh, that was used as a mean of protection from the enemy. We find that David, when he was fleeing from King Saul in the wilderness, when, when God was trying to, when, sorry, when Saul was trying to kill David, when that jealousy thing popped up and he was trying to kill David. You know, we find that David hid from Saul in the wilderness strongholds in Horesh. First Samuel 23 verses 14 and verse 19 talks about it. It says, and David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah saying, Is David not hiding with us in strongholds in the woods in the hills of Hilak, which is in the south of Jeshimah? These were physical structures. They were caves high up on the mountains and they were difficult to assault. They were good hiding places. And, and it was this imagery in, in mind that inspired the writers of the Word of God, and, and they adapted that word stronghold to define a powerful, vigorously protected spiritual reality in our life. So a stronghold can be a source of protection for us from the enemy, as in the case when the Lord became our stronghold, as it did for David, or the other way around. Stronghold could be a source of defense for the devil's influence in your life. Where demonic or sinful activity gets defended by our sympathetic thoughts toward evil. Romans 6.16 says this, Do you not know that whom you present yourselves to obey? You're that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing, he talks about strongholds as speculations or lofty things that are raised up against the knowledge of God. It's any type of thinking that exalts itself against what the knowledge of God is. You know, giving the devil a secure place uh, of influence in our thought life. Well, how's a stronghold formed? First, you have to have a thought. 
that thought becomes an idea. That idea becomes an urge. That urge becomes an action. That action becomes a habit. And that habit becomes a stronghold. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We got to get our thought life right. We got to be thinking on the things of God. We got to be thinking on the things that God has for us to be thinking on, not all this garbage that we got going on. Man, we need to turn off the TV. We need to turn off the news. We need to get in the word of God and begin to seek and begin to pray and begin to ask the Lord, hey God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to act? Here's another definition of a stronghold. Ed Silvoso, he's a, he's a writer, a minister in Central America. And he's birthed a, a spiritual movement down there. And he defines a stronghold as a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept something that we know is contrary to the will of God. The enemy comes in and he puts all this garbage out. And we decide that we're going to believe that instead of believing what the word of God says. Well, how's that happen? Because we don't have enough of the word of God in us to know whether it's the word or not. Just because somebody says it often enough doesn't make it truth. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Oh, people don't like that word. Crucified. Our old man was crucified with him. What's that mean? That means we got to kill our old nature. We got to put him up on the cross. We got to lay him down. We got to nail him to the word of God and begin to allow the word of God to work in and through us and change us into what God wants us to be. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You know, it's important that when... That, to recognize that when we talk about strongholds, we're not talking about random thoughts and occasional sins. We're talking about areas in our life that the enemy has a foothold in, that we're in bondage to, that we're having a hard time breaking loose from. You know, we got to understand how in the world that how to pull down strongholds in order for in order for us to be able to pull down those strongholds, we got to understand how they took root in our lives. Like I said just a minute ago, we have that idea. That idea, we have a thought. That thought becomes an idea. That idea becomes an urge. That urge becomes an action. That action becomes a habit. That habit becomes a stronghold. John, I'm sorry, 1 John 5.19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. A lot of strongholds are the result of an accumulation of uncrucified thoughts and unsanctified attitudes that we have allowed to rule in our life since our formative years. That's why, parents, it's important that you teach your children the truth of the Word of God. 
You can't let them do whatever they want to do when they're little and then expect them to know God when they get older. You got to raise them right. You got to teach them, hey, it's time to go to church. We're going to church. You're going to pay attention when we're at church. You're going to act right when we're at church. You're going to learn something while you're there. But a lot of, like I said, a lot of strongholds, the accumulation of all those uncrucified thoughts and, and unsanctified attitudes that we had during our formative years, uh, growing up in, in, as a child in a world that's under the influence and sway of the enemy, we got a steady stream of information and experiences that shape our childhood perceptions. That's why the word of God says that our minds need to be renewed when we come to Christ. When we get born again, when we get God's spirit dwelling in us, our mind has to be renewed. It's got to be changed. The way that we think has to be changed. And the way that it gets changed is we got to get the word inside our hearts, inside our minds, and allow it to begin to change us. You know, the amount of love or the lack of love that was in our home, our cultural environment, peer pressure, peer values, fears of rejection, fears of exposure, even physical appearance, our physical appearance and our intelligence, all those things as a child combine to form our sense of identity and our view of life as we're growing up. And then as we get older and as we get to know Jesus, then we got to allow him to begin to change us. Got to renew our minds. A lot of our opinions about life are ours because we don't know any other way to think but we protect and we defend our ideas we justify our opinions because we think that they're born out of our own creativity no they're they're born out of the things that we've went through and the things that we've seen and the things that we've encountered as we've come through life we've learned that this is how we think about ourselves Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, the essence of who we are is an accumulation of our thought life, of the way that we think. I'll give you an example. A lot of our thoughts and opinions were shaped by our parents and by our school teachers. As good a people as they may have been, if their opinions were not God's, then they were wrong. That's why, parents, you got to watch your kids. You got to watch what they're being taught in school. You got to watch what the teachers are, are putting into them because a lot of teachers anymore are, are far left, liberal. Um, I don't want to get in trouble. But a lot of teachers and schools have turned into far left indoctrination centers that the government is your daddy. I don't know about you, but God's my daddy. God's my father. He's the one that I look to for everything that I need. So I... I so as good a people as they may have been, 
we got to discern it with the Word of God. We've got to take the Word of God and we've got to apply it and see if that lines up with it. Isaiah 55, 7 and 8 says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways. So if what we're teaching and what what we're teaching our children and what we're thinking and what we're the way that we're teaching them to think doesn't line up with the word of God, we're wrong. We need to line up with the word of God. We need to get our hearts right and we need to get our attitudes right and we need to look to God. We gotta have a mind we've got a mindset that's been shaped by our parents and educators as well as the ungodly environment that we live. And as Christians, the only truth suitable for eternity is the truth of Jesus Christ. we got to realize this. If we fail to, we're going to be like our teachers, never doing more than the deeds of our fathers. We're going to do what they, they've told us and how they've acted. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we're going to be in a mess. But we got to discern everything through the Word of God. And just because we're Christians, it doesn't exempt us from having strongholds that we got to deal with. There's still a lot of strongholds within us. I made a list. And these are common, and a lot of Christians deal with these things. Fear. A lot of people live in fear of everything that's going on around them. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to act. Resentment. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. These are things that Christians are dealing with. And the reason we're dealing with them is because we haven't got these things put back under the blood. You know, they're dealing with apathy, with unbelief with depression, with anxiety, with lukewarmness, sinful thoughts, dealing with lust, dealing with pride, dealing with greed, dealing with drugs, dealing with alcohol, dealing with pornography. Christians, yes, Christians. Just because you've been You've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and to save you. Doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you got things that you got to work on. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and to change you. You know, because we all tend to excuse ourselves, and, and we're quick to do that. We're quick to excuse ourselves. You know, sometimes it's difficult to discern the areas uh, of oppression in our life. After all, you know, these are our thoughts, they're our attitudes, they're our perceptions, and we justify and defend our thoughts with the same degree of intensity that we justify and defend ourselves. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Therefore, before any deliverance can come your way, before anything can be truly accomplished, we've got to be honest. We got to recognize our need. You know, when, when we start identifying our strongholds, when we start looking and, and surveying or examining the attitudes of our heart, 
every area in our thinking that shines a little bit of hope. That's, a God, that's an area that we're being liberated by God in. And any part of thinking that doesn't have hope, that feels hopeless, that's a stronghold that you're going to have to work on getting pulled down. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 gives us two important things that help us tear down strongholds. The first one is bringing our thoughts into conformity with Christ, and the second one is obedience to his word. Let's read it here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Jesus is the model. Jesus is the example of what God wants for every new creation in man. He's not just our Savior. He, he's the, the indwelling one. Jesus said, I got to go away, but I'm going to send another comfort, and he's going to be with you and in you and through you. When the Holy Ghost comes, he, he's going to dwell on the inside of you and he's going to change you. He conforms us to the image of Christ. And, and the word of God says that Jesus is the firstborn of a family of sons. When our thought life agrees with unbelief and fear or habitual sin, the enemy has got it made. You know, he looks for those places that, that are in harmony with him. So we got to learn to look objectively at thoughts and attitudes that, that don't conform to the likeness and, and teachings of Jesus. And, and then we got to take and we got to capture those thoughts. We got to get those wrong ideas and wrong attitudes crucified. We got to make way in us for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming back soon, but we got to make sure that we get him coming in us first. If we don't have him in us, changing and ruling and reigning in us and drawing us close to him, when he comes back and that trumpet sounds, we ain't going to go. We got to be living right. Word of God says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. We think we're going to go without any unrepented, uncovered up sin that, that we're mistaken. We, we, we got to get our sins under the blood. We got to start tearing down some strongholds and start building up some places for Jesus to dwell and work and live in our life. We got to make way in us for the coming of the Lord. We got to allow the increase of his government working in us. We got to allow it to expand until we get so absorbed into his spirits that we not only believe in him, we believe like him. One place in the word of God, it says for us to have the faith of God. We got to begin to work and we, we got to believe like him. His love, his thoughts, his desires have to begin to flow out of us. 
Why? Because we got to learn to bring down and cast down that stronghold of our past experience. What happened in the past doesn't have to be the way that things are. We got to let God be found to be true and every man be a liar. Romans 3, 4, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar as it is written that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. The only one that has a right to shape our lives is Jesus Christ. We got to determine that we're not going to allow anything and nobody else to shape us. We got to be got to allow Jesus to shape us. Not even our personal experiences unless they're consistent with the promises of God. Let me give you an example. If you weren't healed, a stronghold of unbelief could set in. But if you bring your thoughts into conformity with God's thought, that stronghold will break. Faith will come forth and healing will come forth. If we have a problem with a brother, brother or sister and forgiveness isn't enacted, well, we got to be able to extend forgiveness to somebody else. If we're not willing to forgive our brother and sister who we have seen, as the word of God says, how in the world do we expect God to forgive us when we ain't seen him yet? That's a hard thing. Got to allow it to work. Man, bitterness and resentment will set in if you don't allow forgiveness to come forth. I got news for you. Ain't nobody on this earth worth losing heaven. So forgive them. Let it go. Let it roll off like water on a duck's back. Love them. And so what we have to do is we got to uh, allow the word of God to begin to work in us to tear down those strongholds that the enemy has put in us. And, and, you know, our Heavenly Father's goal in breaking the stronghold of our, our lives is a lot more than just simply seeing the burdens of the devil taken off our backs. There's a specific person, purpose that God is steering and working all things in our life toward. He wants us to be conformed to the image of his dear son. Romans 8, 28, 29 says this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Do you love God tonight? To those who are the called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? Not called by grandma, not called by mama, called by God for his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so the way to realize God's ultimate victory is to reach toward his ultimate goal, which is transform, transformation into the likeness of Christ. We got to recognize that it ain't you that the devil's afraid of, it's Jesus in you. Where God says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Victory begins with the name of Jesus on, on your lips and it's consummated by the nature of Jesus living in your hearts and changing your life. If you're troubled by fear, by resentment, by depression, by sinful thoughts, by apathy, by lukewarmness or whatever, submit those areas to God. Repent of your unbelief and yet yourself and yield yourself to Jesus' faith that's dwelling on the inside of you already. Word of God says every man has dealt a measure of faith. Are you troubled by lust or by shame? Present those areas of sin to God. Repent of your old nature. Draw on the forgiveness of Jesus and his purity of heart. James 4, 7 says this, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. A lot of people like quoting that last part. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But they don't ever quote that first part. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. We got to submit ourselves to God. We got to submit ourselves to the word. We got to learn that on a personal level. It's better to develop godly virtues than to spend our day praying against the devil. It's the joy of the Lord that defeats depression. It's having a life of faith that destroys unbelief. It's aggressive love that casts out fear. We got to get in it. And as we continually yield ourselves to Jesus, surrendering ourselves by faith to his nature and to his work, we'll begin to build we tear down those strongholds of the enemy and we begin to build a stronghold, an impenetrable stronghold of God's presence around us. The way into the fortress of the Almighty is simple. Victory begins with the name of Jesus on your lips. And it's consummated when we get the nature of Jesus in our hearts, what's the nature of Jesus? The nature of Jesus is to love. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the process of getting free of this worldly and fleshly strongholds involves a season of inner conflict. We're going to have some times when we struggle with letting things go. But that's a good sign because that lets us know we got a desire in our will to get free. And we should expect a time when we got to exercise our authority in Christ as we resist the devil. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. We got to lay it all out before God. We got to put it down and say, okay, God, here I am. Whatever it is that you've got for me, Lord, I want it. I need it. And I, I need you to work in me. And then we got to resist the devil. We can't just play his games. We can't just do what he wants to do. My wife and I were talking today and, and she told me, she said, don't be Forgot how she said it now. Don't let the devil get you in checkmate. 
The enemy's trying and he's pushing your buttons and he's putting one thing after another, after another, after another, trying to cause you to lose your joy, trying to distract you from the real thing that's going on. And the real thing is that you're getting closer and closer and closer to the place that God wants you to be. We got to resist the devil. First Peter 5, 9, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in this world. <coughs> Excuse me. So as we continue to yield ourselves to Jesus, he'll begin to remove those strongholds of the devil. He'll begin to tear those things down. He'll begin to pull those things away from our mind and he'll show us what we need to do to bring them down. We'll see that the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Let's pray tonight. Father God, we're thankful tonight, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us to share your word, Lord. God, we just glorify your name tonight. We thank you, Lord God, that you're showing us how to remove and how to tear down strongholds in our life, Lord. God, that you're changing us and that you're drawing us into the kingdom of your dear son, Lord God. We just honor you, Lord God. Transform us. Let us be changed, Lord God, and drawn closer to Jesus. Lord, we honor you tonight. We thank you, Father, for moving. We give you praise. We give you thanks for all that you've done, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We're thankful that you joined with us tonight. We're so glad that, that we had this opportunity to share the word with you. If you don't mind, if you, if you like the word that you heard, share the video. Let somebody else hear it. Tell your friends about it. If you're looking for a good podcast to listen to, find Faith Fellowship Louisville, Kentucky, wherever you get your podcast at. All of our sermons are uploaded every week. Our Wednesday night and our Sunday night sermons are all on there, and you can find them. It's on Apple. It's on Anchor. It's anywhere you get your podcast. Just look for it. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday about... 1050, 1045. God bless you tonight. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you and remember Jesus is Lord.